I like people liking me. I don't like having enemies. I like being friends with everybody. I just, I love knowing everybody and I know it's good for business and life and all that. Um, but, you know, support is a, a big thing. You're going to get support if you give support. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Identity Impact Podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us. His name is Joe Brown. He is a golf pro out in Las Vegas. You can find him on Instagram at Empower Golf Performance. He works with some pretty awesome guys, some big-time NFL names, Vaughn Miller, Solomon Thomas, Todd Gurley. Really cool guy. I'm so glad that we can uh, get on this podcast and talk about his story. Uh, just so you guys know, this is our first ever interview. So this is the first ever interview on Identity Impact Podcast. We're super excited about it. We're pumped for this whole project. And uh, we're really excited to share this all with you guys. So sit back. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Joe, welcome to the Identity Impact Podcast. What's going on, man? I appreciate you guys having me, man. This is, uh, I always love doing these podcasts, anything related to sports. You know, it's a great opportunity. So thank you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Joe is one of my favorite, you know, people to interview. I've interviewed him on a, on a couple podcasts. Um, you know, he, he's the man. He always, you know, ha has good things to say, cool things to say. Um, so, you know, th thanks again. Thanks again for coming on, Joe. Absolutely, man. So, Joe, my first question, I had to get get this out of the way immediately. I'm a lefty golfer, right? Mm -hmm. And I have the worst slice in America. Can you work your magic and fix this one day? Because this, um, I'm telling yeah. you, it's 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 the ugliest. It's a nice-looking golf swing until the club actually hits the ball. I am 100% confident that I could do it. Um, probably within four minutes. They call me the four-minute fix because I can make changes like that. <laughs> but – Worst comes to worst, I will have you cured within 30 minutes. You look like an athlete. Sounds like you play sports. You love sports. So I work best with athletes. When Colin came in, saw a lot of awesome things, had to explain my knowledge a little bit on things and word it a little bit different, and his athleticism fell right into place. So I'm very confident that give me five minutes to 30 minutes, and I'll have you hitting baby draws all day. That's awesome. That, that's exactly what I need. I'm telling you, I can, I can hit the ball. It's just that slice, man. It's it's killed me for years i gotta yep. get rid of it at some I point we'll plan that colin we'll plan that trip to vegas man i was gonna say joe will fix you up man he literally in four minutes he i saw differences you know yeah. in my swing and particularly i know one thing you know joe likes to focus on is ball striking and just the the contact i was making with, with the ball i was hitting my freaking eight iron further than you know i'd be hitting my hybrid before you know <laughs> before I started working with him. So in just one lesson, I saw the difference. So I can't wait to, to get back out to Vegas again. Um, you know, cause anytime I'm out in Vegas, you better believe I'm going to see Joe. Absolutely. Awesome. I mean, you guys all always have a spot at my place and uh, I, I'm ready to get on the course with you, man. I love uh, that. That sounds yeah. great. So Joe, yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Where'd you grow up? Kind of tell us about your upbringing. Yeah. So I grew up in Vegas um, been here forever. I mean, I moved around for school and golf and all that stuff, but, uh, I spent my whole life here, um, played baseball my whole life all the way till high school. And then, you know, went through some, some injuries and stuff like that and just trying to figure my life out. And then after high school, I went to college up in Reno where my uncle owned a golf course. And then just to make some cash, I jumped in there, started working and then saw the opportunity to say, Hey, might as well play golf. I work here. So went in there and just had complete failure with golf. And from that point on, I was addicted. I'm like, what the heck? I'm, this isn't me. 
Um, and, but I love sports and I loved being on the golf course and it just kept my head together. And, uh, from that point on, I was just like, you know what, I gotta, I gotta master this and figure this out. I can play for the rest of my life. So, um, just really started to grind from that point on. And my dad always told me, do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And that was kind of my, my point where I was like, I really love this. I want to get good. And I think I can make a business out of this that can help people uh, change their lives. And so I love helping people. And as much as golf seems like it's just a sport and all that, like people will pay a lot of money and care about golf more than most things in life. And so um, it really gets me going every day when I help people fix a slice or a hook or a shank or something like that. And they gain 20 extra yards and get a whole one. I mean, it changes people's lives and it makes me feel really happy. Um, but also we protect people's bodies. Um, and if you don't protect your body, you can't play golf and you can't play golf. You're not happy. And you know, good luck with life moving forward. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now Vegas baseball. So you, you grew up playing baseball there. Bryce Harper's a Vegas guy, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. He grew up. So baseball has to be pretty good out there. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, baseball in Arizona, California, and Vegas, you know, they got year round baseball. So right. you know, they're, they're putting some studs out there. And Bryce was a little bit younger than, than uh, me, but he played ball with all of us and my best friend's little brothers. And, you know, he's been around and he's connected with our friend group and my best friend's little brother's best friends with him. So okay. um, I hear everything about the guy. Um, and they're all into golf now. And when season's over, we're going to see a lot of these guys. So, uh, he, he's a good guy and, um, we're going to be seeing a lot of him and I'm hoping that I can bring him into my facility to show him things we can do on the body, uh, and hopefully blow up his baseball career. Cause I know my guy can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, whenever you finished up playing there, you said you went to college to play baseball. Where'd you go to school? So I went up to UNR. I didn't play ball. I was done okay. um, in high school and then, um, you know, went up to Reno and just did just college normal stuff. And then, uh, worked at my uncle's golf course and then didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and my degree and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what, screw it. Let's, let's try to figure out some golf stuff and see if I can make a living out of this. And you just believed in myself and just said, I don't care how much I, I make. I think I can make as much as I can if I'm the best. And I didn't care about any of that stuff early on. I just said, try to be the best unique coach you possibly can. And so I, I valued my reputation and my skills more than what I was going to make. And it's kind of all fallen into place and we built some great stuff down here and you know, I'm being recognized as a pretty powerful coach and my goal is to take it as far as I can. And I, I think that's kind of where the podcast stems from is whenever you have that transition. So if you grew up playing baseball and you kind of are, you know, involved in tournaments and practice every single week on a weekly basis, every single weekend, whenever it all ends, how did you feel as far as just your self-confidence? Like what, what made you say, you know what, I, I have to do something there. There's always like that turning point where you have to fill that void, you know, baseball's gone. That's your first love. That's your main sport. All of a sudden it's gone. And, and now you have to find something to do with your life. What did you feel like was the turning point for you? <clears throat> well, you know, I, I felt like in school, you know, I obviously want to kind of follow my dad's footsteps and people in my family that are very successful business people. And, uh, I, I followed my dad's footsteps and I'm like, get a business degree, do whatever you're going to do with it and get a good job. And then I quickly realized that I'm an athlete and I'm, I'm high energy and my relationship skills and my people skills were all kind of above average. And I looked at that stuff and said, I'm good at that. That's natural for me. Take your, your natural strengths and make something big out of it. And I felt like 
you know, I didn't like school and I didn't like the business stuff I was doing. And I, it just felt forced and I wasn't excited. And anytime I was on the golf course or giving a lesson or helping somebody, I was excited. I loved it. It was a great time. And then watching how I affected somebody else, um, how I affected their lives and made them happy um, was powerful. And so I was like, this is something I love doing. This is something I'm helping people with, you know, this, this is what it's all about. And so, you know, I, I just wasn't motivated in anything after baseball, uh, as much as I wanted to force it and try it and all that money, nothing motivated me like sports do. Um, and so I'm like, I want to keep playing sports. I want to help people play sports. I want to help people take it to the top. Um, but at the same time, I wanted to be happy and enjoy my life. And I, I just love golf and teaching golf and playing golf. And it just does so many wonderful things for your brain and your body. Um, and I also looked at, you know, some people that I know that are successful, successful businessmen that, you know, have a desk job nine to five and sit down all day and got out of shape and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, I want to be in great shape my whole life. I want to be a phenomenal athlete my whole life. I want to be dominant on the golf course. So I just kind of added up everything and said, what does Joe Brown want to be remembered as? And what does Joe Brown think is best for his life? And it was sports. I never gave up on sports. And I, I just found a new sport that was, you know, the hardest sport in the world for one, but something that I loved and I found that I helped a lot of people with. So, it, you know, just happiness. You know, it kept me happy. I was excited to wake up every day doing something I loved. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, that's really powerful stuff. And I think one thing, you know, I want to ask you as a follow-up to that is, you know, how do you encourage people to take kind of those risks? You know, not the cookie cutter nine to five business life. How do you encourage people, particularly athletes who have a, a I like to say a different type of drive to them to take that risk that might not be the most guaranteed route, but it is a route that is more fulfilling and potentially more successful than your typical cookie cutter life. Yeah. I mean, bottom line was happiness was most important to me. Right. And I was happy being on the golf course and being fit and healthy and, and helping people. And the, the risk was worth the squeeze, you know, and, and I, I really was like, you know what, my happiness is more important. So I'm going to ride this out and try as hard as I can to make this work. Um, and for people, I tell them the same thing. I say, I realized even in golf, when I started working for this company and started doing independent golf stuff, um, I was with a company that built a structure on how people should teach. And when I came in, I was killing it. I was following the structure, but I had my own niches and my niches, what, what was making me successful, my personality, me going over the top, helping people with fitness and mobility and stuff like that, reaching out on their birthdays. Stuff like that was why people liked me. And because they liked me, they trusted me. So they were going to listen to every word I had to say in the room when we were doing a golf lesson. And I know my information um, is correct information. It's going to help them. So building people's trust is important for me. And if they trust me, they will listen to me. And if they listen to me, they'll get better. Um, and so, you know, with that being said, I, I tell people, you know, do, do what makes you happy. You know, don't just get in line. You know, don't follow the crowd just because that's what you think you're supposed to do you know, believe in yourself. What do you truly want in your life? Do you want to be in shape? Do you want to be rich? Do you want to be an athlete? It doesn't matter. Believe in yourself. And if you believe in yourself and you stick to your game plan, you'll take it to the top. Because even when I be, uh, switched careers and I got into golf, even my own mother was questioning me saying, Hey, are you sure you want to do that? You might make this amount of money. You might do this, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, absolutely. I have such faith in myself and my goals are still above and beyond. And I'm going to ride it out until I fail or I succeed. 
Um, and so I was my number one fan more than anyone. And I never let anybody tell me that I was doing something wrong or different. I based all my success on the people that believed in me. Um, and so, you know, I just believed in myself first and foremost. And because I believed in myself, I knew that I was, um, helping people and they were going to trust me. And because they trusted me, they listened to me. So, you know, I just tell people just do what you love and keep doing what you love and don't give up and, you know, believe in yourself and do what makes you happy. And if that's golf, that's business, it doesn't matter. You know, just keep riding out that goal and that dream as long as you can. You may fail and that's okay. You're either going to fail or you're going to succeed, but your goal should be to push and succeed. And if you fail, you gave it everything you had, you know, so, you know, just believe in yourself, keep following your goals, keep following your dreams and don't give up until you either fail or succeed. And if you keep trying, you're most likely going to succeed. That's, that's one thing I think that's really important too, is, is you mentioned your mom in there, you mentioned uh, surrounding yourself with people who do believe in you and surrounding yourself with, with the positivity like that. I, I think a support system in all of this is one of the keys. I know a lot of the uh, athletes that we see a lot of the athletes, uh, you kind of come from a, a space either that there's other successful people around you, there's other people doing things with their lives, but there's also those athletes out there that may not have a support system that everyone in their city or everyone in their town just, you know, it, it's kind of their way out as football or their way out as their sport. And if, if they don't have that support system and, and Colin, you could follow up on this. Some of the, some of the athletes that I know that I played with at Toledo and, and I know that you uh, were with at Pitt as well. It's kind of like football and that's it. You know, that, that's, that's their only way out. That's the only way they're going to do anything. And that leads to them having this one identity and being zoned in on this, this one thing, this, uh, this football player life that, and, and everyone knows that, that sports won't always be there for you. It's, it's not just going to be, you know, you playing football or you playing baseball your entire life, making money, being a professional athlete. That's, that's not really how this whole thing works, you know? So you being able to, to start your business with something and, and use that uh, competitive energy uh, is so important into building your business, but let's just talk about the support system um, around you. You know, who, who were your biggest fans? Who are your biggest doubters and all of this? What, what helped you kept, going? Who did you talk to mentor wise, whatever it may be that, that really made you want to keep pushing and keep, uh, you know, chipping away at this business idea? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I, I mean, obviously my, my family was <clears throat> very supportive, right? They cared about my happiness and all that more than anything. So they were supportive. They had questions, they had concerns like any family member should or parent. Um, but they believed in me. Um, and my friends were huge supporters, right? We were all former baseball players, and I transitioned to golf and I was literally the only one in Vegas that I know that was a, a athlete that went into golf. So I'm a, I'm a rare breed. And when anybody says the word golf, Joe Brown's going to be the name that comes up. So it was an awesome opportunity, but uh, my friends, all baseball players believed in me because they were better than me at baseball. I, I was decent, but there was a lot of people that were better than me. I was small growing up and didn't have a lot of power. I was the fast, quick guy, you know, line drive player, all that. But uh, my friends believed in me because I believe that all of them were almost better than me at baseball. Um, but when it came to golf, I dominated all of them. Right. And so you gotta, you gotta understand these people are like, I was better than him at baseball, but how the heck is he so much better than me at golf? Right. It's almost the same sport. And it's like, 
yeah, man. I mean, there's some differences. And so yeah. the best person that can explain to you these differences is a former baseball player. That was one of your teammates, your partners. Right. And so my friends believe in me and they trust in me and they spread the word. And I mean, I help them out so much. So it's been powerful, but you know, recently I've had some professional NFL players that are addicted to golf die hard into golf that have been flying me out all the time, coming to Vegas to see me all the time. And, and they love it. I mean, we got Solomon Thomas at our place all the time. He came there for therapy, but he's like, dude, I want to, I want to play golf. I see that you're out there with Von Miller and Todd Gurley and all these guys and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, they, they, these are the best athletes in the world and some of the strongest, most fit men. And they envy me for what skills I have. Right. So they make me feel good. They want what I have and I want what they have and they want what I have. Right. And so, you know, they're my, they're huge supporters. And literally, I mean, I went to Beverly Hills one night and uh, we played golf for a couple of days with me, Vaughn, Gurley, you know, a bunch of guys and Odell had a party one night and we walked in, it's a hundred people invite only exclusive. And all of these guys, Vaughn, Gurley, OBJ, Drake was there. All these guys, literally, I felt like the celebrity because Vaughn and all these guys love golf so much that they're like, this is the guy. This is my dude. I've been waiting for this gem. He's here, blah, blah, blah. And every time one of these celebrities walked in, they cleared the way and Vaughn's like, Drake, meet this guy. OBJ, this <laughs> is my guy, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, this is awesome. You know what I mean? And so, you know, that was an eye-opening uh, moment for me where I'm like, oh my God, these guys, the best athletes and in, in sports players in the world envy something that I have, you know, that's, that's incredible. So they, they just hype me up, boost me up, talk about me all the time, spread my business. Um, but I asked them and I'm like, why, why, why are you guys so addicted to golf like this? And they're like, this is the hardest sport I've ever played in my life. And this is something I know we can play for the rest of our life. And my, my football career is not going to go forever well, we can play golf forever. Right. Yeah. And, and Vaughn, when he learned golf and I taught him, we went for four months every single weekend, no matter where we're at. And he straight up told me not too long ago, he's having a kid any day now. And he's like, my son's not playing football. He's playing golf and you're going to golf. And you're going to make him great. And I'm like, absolutely. If this kid comes out <laughs> as stacked as you and as strong as you, and I can teach him the fundamentals of golf immediately, he will change the game. It'll be like Bryson right out of the womb. <laughs> right now, if you go, if you go, our listeners, if you go on Joe's Instagram page and, and we'll, at the end of this, Joe, you'll tell us where, where everyone can find you and everything connect with you. But if you go on Joe's Instagram page, you will see Vaughn Miller, Todd Gurley, all the guys that he's talking about. And Joe is right in there front and center, you know, off a tee box, you know, in, in this majestic view in the background, you know, and, and living that life. I mean, it's, it's nice being able, I mean, we're, we talk about identity on this podcast, but but it's nice whenever uh, that's your identity. I mean, it's, that's, a, that's a good identity to have. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I never thought it would get to this, right? I, I knew that I would, I would make it big, but I never thought that I would make it so big where my connections and my friends hype me up to these professionals so much that they come and see me and they spread the word. And I mean, it was unexpected, but going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, I believed in myself the whole way. And I treated those guys exactly like I treated my friends and my clients. And I mean, the first times we played golf, we didn't talk about one thing in football, right? I'm like, these guys want you out here for golf. You got 18 holes to prove yourself. You give them everything you got. 
and you just show them that I'm here to help you with golf. And, you know, I helped them out, but they also respected the fact that I treated them like a friend and I didn't ask them all these questions about fame and money and stuff like that. I could care less. I love the fact that we all share the passion of sports and golf and life and fitness and stuff like that. And so it, it's really cool, man. I mean, honestly, I've been around celebrities and stuff, but these guys are big athletes, big name guys. And I will tell you, these are guys, if they weren't in, in the NFL, I would see myself hanging out with them every weekend chilling. I mean, they're good dudes. And, and yeah. we all share the same passion of, you know, health, fitness and, and sports and golf. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to take, so I want to take a quick step back. Did you have like a defining moment in your life where you're like, I'm starting in power golf performance, or was it just a consecutive things that led to you? Like, I can do this. I can start my own thing. Um, like, what was it when you were like, I'm branching out on my own. I'm going to partner with someone and I'm going to bring, you know, the best golf facility to Vegas. Like, when was it? How did it happen? Um, yeah, and it how was- can actually, how can you encourage people to, to look into themselves and, and be able to find a, a similar path to you and starting their own thing and finding their own success. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit of both of what you had said. Um, I, I was working for a company. They gave me an awesome opportunity. I got to do exactly what I wanted to do and just start teaching a hundred percent. And after, you know, God only knows how much time it wasn't a lot of time, but I quickly realized that I was skilled and I was good and not just at teaching, but at personal skills and sales and all that stuff. Right. I was kind of a complete package and you know, I was, you know, killing it sales wise, referrals wise, all these important numbers that I could care less about, but corporate companies care about. And, you know, I would come in and be bringing in people all across the, the world and, you know, big name people, all the club guys down here. And my, my partner's like, how do you do it? You know, I'm like, dude, just be cool. Just be cool. Be nice. Help them at golf, you know? And then, um, I used to get in trouble for saying stuff that is very important to my teaching. I talk about tempo or I talk about stretches you can do before you play golf stretches. You can do after, you know, exercises, stuff like that. And they were like, that's not how you do it. We do it this way, only this way. And we don't say tempo. We don't talk about exercises and stretching and all this. And I'm like, wow, you guys have no idea that those things that I'm doing for my clients outside of the protocol that you've given me is what is boosting them up. It's what's getting them better. It's what's allowing them to trust me more. So, you know, I just found a method that was successful for myself and I was kind of getting reprimanded for it. And I'm like, how are you going to reprimand me when my sales are high? My referrals are high. My clients are happy. Everything's good, but you're mad that I talked about tempo, that I talked about stretching, that I talked about fitness. And that was the point where I was like, okay, you know, I'm making you guys a lot of money and that's not good enough because the words I'm saying, fine, I will go do my own thing and I will compete with you guys and I will, I'm going to put you in the ground realistically. And so, you know, I just got to that point where I was just, I felt like no matter how good I was doing at my job, there was always something I wasn't doing good enough. Right. And I'm like, listen, golf is golf. If you watch the PGA tour, everybody's swing looks different. So is there one way to swing? Absolutely not. Right. Is every guy going to work out in the gym the same? Absolutely not. Right. Everybody is different. Right. And so I just got to the point where I'm like, I'm not going to be a puppet. I'm not going to be a puppet and I'm not going to be a robot and I'm not going to do exactly what you guys tell me to do. I'm going to find my niches and I'm going to take advantage of them. Um, so, you know, I, I, I had that at the beginning and then I also got injured myself where I hurt my back 
And I, I didn't understand why it almost ended my career. And I met my partner and he told me why I did it. He fixed me in a, a crazy amount of time. And from that point on, I'm like, I need to understand why this happened and how to prevent it. And so we got into the body and I got TPI certified and I spent a lot of time with my partner. And I basically feel like I honestly almost have an education of a physical therapist because of what he's taught me. And I take the body and I take the golf and I blend them into one. And when you have both of those things working for you, you will play good golf, but you will play for the rest of your life. Right. I mean, look at tiger. He's had multiple, multiple back injuries. We're talking the best golfer in the world. It's going to happen, you know, but if you approach it the right way and start it soon enough and attack it the right way, um, we can prevent those things. Right. So, you know, I don't know. I just went through, experiences of successes and failures and things I didn't like things I did like. And I took them all and said, how can I just do this myself and love it? And, you know, fortunately God had my back and I met my partner at the right time. And, and we just took a huge risk. And that's a big thing I'll tell people, don't be afraid to take a risk. You know, some of the most successful people in the world took a risk, right? They were like, Hey, should I be comfortable with this salary and the security? Or should I take that risk that could possibly take me up to here? Yeah, you could crumble, but if you believe in yourself and you take that risk and you go up to here, you can make something massive out of it. So, you know, I'm, I'm a risk taker and I'm a risk taker because I know I'll, I'll be motivated and I'll give it my all and I'll, I'll uh, succeed. But, you know, I just took all my experiences and was willing to take a risk for my happiness. So that's, that's the way I was looking at it. I would say the, the biggest, you know, the, the biggest thing that that you mentioned there at the end is the risk. I think that's the number one thing that prevents so many people from being successful, achieving the things that they want to do. And, you know, it's funny because typically you wouldn't, you know, think of athletes as being risk averse, but I feel like that transition a lot of times causes athletes to be risk averse because they're in a new element. You know, they, they, they don't, they're out of their comfort zone really for the first time, you know, in their life when sports ends. I know for me, I mean, it was a huge thing. Like all I ever knew, all I ever knew was being an athlete, Mm -hmm. you know, and now all of a sudden I'm in the real world and I have different types of insecurities. You know, I can't rely on, you know, my athleticism or my athletic training that I've done for the last 20 years. So it's like, how do I force myself to take that risk when I know I could do something really, really special, but I know it is a risk. And it, it's, I think that's such an important thing. You know, what you just said is, is find your niche. Fi- or, I'm not good at pronouncing words, whatever that word is, yeah. you know, <laughs> you could say niche. that sounded niche. fancy, man. It made you sound smart. Um, but find it, find what you're good at, find what is unique to you mm-hmm. in make something out of it. So I, I love that. I think that's such an important thing. Um, because I know it's something I struggle with and I know it's something with that a lot of athletes and just a lot of people in general are going to struggle with, you know, that, that I want to encourage people to take risks, to try different things. And once you find something that's unique to you and you're really, really freaking good at go all in on it. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at gambling. I mean, I'm, I'm from Vegas, right? I've been around it. I'm not a compulsive gambler. I really don't even like gambling that much. Right. But I, I understand it. Right. And we all know in gambling, you know, if you're sitting there at the blackjack table, throwing a couple bucks down every single hand, right. You're, you're probably going to stay consistent, maybe go up a little bit, maybe down a little bit, but eventually the house is going to win. Right. The guys that kind of take those risks and make those big bets, you can sometimes take it all the way to the top and have a big payday, but there's risk. You may not get that hand you wanted and you may fail, but you know, the risk is worth it. If you want to hit it big, you got, you got to take a risk. That's the bottom line. 
And I, th- I think too, stemming off of what you said, Colin, those insecurities come typically those, the, the high level athletes, they never really have that experience with failing. And, and people could talk about, Oh, I failed in this. You know, I, you know, I had to go through training. I had to overcome an injury. I had to overcome, you know, my doubters, but high level athletes are typically the best in high school. They're the best in college. They get to the pros, all these people from the outside looking in, see them as successful at all times. So this outside image that they have from other people is, is big to them. There's some type of ego involved, I think with athletes. And I don't want to generalize all athletes, but, uh, typically those guys are successful people. So when it comes to taking a risk that they're unsure of, let's say it's, it's in a business or it's in, you know, something else outside of their sport, maybe that insecurity comes because they don't want to fail. They don't want to, they don't want the world to see them as a failure in what they're doing. So when they do have those insecurities, when they, they do go through this identity crisis, it's, it's because they, they, it's more along the lines of, they don't want other people to see them fail. They don't want to experience that just because it's like an image that they have to uphold. And I don't know your opinions on that Colin, but, um, and you too, Joe, just working with some of these professional athletes. I mean, you can like depression is a real thing. Having to withhold this image at all times is a real thing for a lot of these guys. Um, I mean, what are, what are your guys thoughts on, on those insecurities with that? I mean, real quick for me, you know, before Joe, before you and answers, I think that kind of goes back to your support system is, you know, even if you're someone who football is your only way out, you rely on your teammates, you know, your teammates are going to support you. They're going to back you and also use your teammates and use your connections as an athlete to connect with other people who have been there and done that and who can guide you. You know, I, I think that's a big thing in learning to kind of shut out the, the outside noise and, you know, shutting out your, your image and being able to kind of, you know, humble yourself in that way to say, you know, my ego I don't need to take this outside of football. I can be great at football and successful in football, but do it on my own terms. Not what everybody else says, but what my, my terms, the people I care about and the people that care about me, what do they view as successful and how can they help me get there? Because even if football is your only way out, when you're on a football team, it, it, I mean, it's like a second family and there are people there that are going to help you and that are going to be positive influences on you and get around those people. I mean, at least that that's my perspective. I know that's what's helped me. You know, even if you feel like there's other people in your life that are negative and trying to tell you you can't do something or you're going to fail or are ready to criticize you as soon as you fail, you know, just shove those people out, you know, mentally and physically just push them out of your life and just keep all the positivity and all the positive people who support you in your life. And I think that's tough for people too, especially athletes. I think they feel like their window of networking and their window to do something is whenever, you know, they're in college and they're in that group. But I think what people fail to realize is this is a lifelong thing. Like your boys in college, your friends and your networks in college that uh, the people that you come across and that you become close with, like they're willing to help you long beyond after the time that you graduate. And and I, I think people feel like I, I have this small window to, to reach out to these people and, and be involved. Like I know with my teammates, some I, I haven't talked to in two years, but if I went and saw them out on the street right, right now, it would, would give each other the biggest hugs. We could pick up right where we left off. And I think people and 
and athletes that are, that are involved in things like this or might be going through an identity crisis or uh, have that anxiety, like, what am I going to do next? Like this network that you are creating right now in your life is a lifelong network. And if it's not a lifelong network, if there's someone that you met that isn't going to help you down the line, then you probably shouldn't be associating with those people anyways. And I, I think that's a, a really important point uh, to make talking about this network um, that, that you're building right now. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I don't know if it's just natural and that's just the way that I was designed, but you know, I, I, I look at it as I have this much time to meet this many people and I have this much time to get this much success. Right. So, you know, the window is always closing. Right. And I'm going to try to do as much damage as I can in a positive way um, before that, that window closes. Um, and, you know, going back to the support thing, I think, you know, if you want support, give support, right. And, and help people in, in a different way than what they're expecting, right. Whether it's Vaughn, me helping Vaughn with golf or Solomon with golf or Solomon with his body. I mean, you know, we really, we truly care about these people. Right. So, uh, I've always given support because I like people liking me. I don't like having enemies. I like being friends with everybody. Um, and, I just, I love knowing everybody and I know it's good for business and life and all that. Um, But, you know, support is a a big thing. You're going to get support if you give support. Um, And I look at like the golf tournament this weekend, Tony Fee now won the tournament. He hasn't won in 1900 days. He is a legit, legit golfer. He's been at the top. He just hasn't made it to one in 1900 days. Right. And John Rahm has come out on a terror and he's just been killing it. And he was on pace to win the tournament this weekend. And literally on the last two holes, he had two bad breaks. He went into a bunker and an errant shot. He had no choice but to get out of danger and finish off the tournament. But the two bad shots that he had screwed him. But you know what? At the end of the tournament, him and Tony Finau are good friends. They played a lot together. And at the end of the tournament, John Rom, you could see it on the last hole. He was pissed. He was so upset that he just played three solid days of golf, did everything perfect for the last two holes, he failed, right? And you know what he did at the last hole when Tony Finau and Cameron Smith were on the champ, the playoff hole, uh, John Rom was on the green waiting for Tony Finau to give him a hug and say, good job, man. You crushed it. You deserve this. This is awesome. And I think that's remarkable. You guys are all competitors. You guys are all competitors. One guy wins and everybody loses, right? And the fact that these guys meet each other on the green – and they support each other and say, good stuff, man. And they're friends and they're, they're all trying to succeed together. Right. And that, I think that's how a lot of athletes should look at it. Right. Everybody's not going to be winners. Everybody's not going to win Super Bowls and world series, but we can all succeed in one way. And I love how in golf, all these guys that are competing against each other, support each other. They work out together. They go vacation together. They party together right? They're close friends, but when we're on the golf course, come at me as hard as you can. And you pushing me is going to, is going to push you. Right. And I love that. That's competition right there. You know, it's not, it's not, I'm going to crush you Colin, just because you're on the other team. No, come at me with everything you got. Cause I'm coming with everything I got. Right. And the better man's going to win. And I will meet you on the finish line and I will shake your hand and say, you were the better man. Congratulations. Right. So, I mean, that's support, that's sportsmanship. That's being a gentleman. And I, I love that about golf that these guys all support each other and they give the support and because they give the support, they get the support. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen this with Vaughn. When I go out with him, 
I mean, everybody wants to take a picture. Everybody wants to do this stuff. And I respect the hell out of this guy because he does not complain at all. He takes every picture. He signs every autograph. He shakes hands. He's a cool dude. And because of that, his fame is great. And people know he's going to be a Hall of Famer. They know he's going to be a stud, but they like him because who he is. He's a gentleman. He's got integrity. And I think that's really important. But they all, you know, athletes, when you support each other, it's powerful. And Gurley and Miller and Odell and all these guys, they're completely different teams. But off the field, they are friends and they are boys and they will support each other till the end. That's awesome. I freaking love that. And I think that, you know, that, that's really cool. What, what you said about Vaughn is how, you know, he doesn't complain, you know, take, taking pictures with a bunch of people. Cause I mean, as an athlete, that, that sucks. I mean, being a professional athlete, I can only imagine, particularly one of Vaughn Miller's status, everybody's going to want a picture. Everybody's going to want an autograph or whatever. So that's, you know, that's really cool and really special to hear him not complain. I mean, Honestly, if I was him, I'd probably complain, you know, to, to want some, you know, peace to myself. But, you know, that's that's a testament to who he is. And that's awesome. Absolutely. And that's that's an impact, too, that he's making on, you know, the younger generation. If there's young kids that want to come up and take a picture with him and sign an autograph and everything else like Vaughn will be that kid's hero, you know, that entire time yeah. growing up, you exactly. know, so that's a uh, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. I mean, when we see Solomon all the time, I Vaughn came down one time and, you know, he came to my facility before we played golf the next day. And, you know, he came in. I've never asked him for an autograph or anything. He came in. He's like, bro, I got you a jersey. And he had his <laughs> camera through there and they signed the jersey right in front of me. And I got it framed and I put it up in my, my office. And Solomon came in one day and he's like, dude, that is so sick. He's like, I got to get you one. I'm getting That's you awesome. one ASAP. Let's do it. He's like, Vaughn is my idol. I love this guy. And once again, same thing, Vaughn and uh, Solomon are two down to earth guys and they think like realists and they support each other. And Solomon looks up to Vaughn and he wants to be Vaughn and he's going to grind until he gets above or beyond Vaughn and they push each other and they support each other and they help each other. And I love that. And that's what athletes should all do for each other. I mean, look at Simone Biles, man. I mean, she's struggling because she was the best. And when you become the best, there's a lot of pressure on you and everybody's only looking at you and you need your teammates and your family and your friends to support you. But also at the same time, you, you got to be out there and just support the rest of your team and say, Hey, listen, yeah, I'll try as hard as I can to be, to get the gold, but you're not, you're not left behind here, right? You still got plenty of attention and I'm going to support you and I'm going to meet you at the finish line. So no, Simone, yeah. Simone is a, is a great example. Cause she's, again, she's one of our inspirations for wanting to get going on this podcast and talk about this stuff, because I feel like it's such a, a taboo subject with athletes. Cause they're, I think athletes are just expected to be strong at all times. Now there's, like I mentioned before, there's a lot of depression. There's a lot of loneliness in sports. Uh, there's a lot of highs and lows and it, it's the same with running a business. You know, how you mentioned before, when you have these highs and lows, when you are down, you know, maybe doubting yourself or doubting uh, something, especially early in, in your business uh, career, have you experienced depression? Did you ever go through anything like that where uh, you thought, you know what, maybe I should just go get a nine to five, go get a normal job, you know, kind of just fall in line. I know that's a line that you mentioned earlier. Did, was there ever a time that you felt that depression kind of settle in and, and uh, kind of knock you off track a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, 
with my career, you know, when I was going in that transition of what do I do business or golf? Absolutely. I was struggling every day, you know, like I want to make my family and people happy, but also I want to be happy. Right. So which end do I, you know, lean towards? Um, and I, I chose my own happiness for one. Um, but at the same time, I've, I've been sick, you know, health wise before, um, I, I have extreme allergies and asthma and being in Vegas or sagebrush and dust and all this stuff. And, you know, I, I had allergies and stuff my whole life, but actually like after golf school and stuff, when I came back in my mid twenties, I was super sick with an autoimmune disease where, you know, I, I have inflammatory issues inside that cause things to happen outside. So I was getting like eczema and rashes all over and all this stuff. And I'm like super frustrated because I'm like, I live a healthy life. I work out all the time. I try to eat healthy as much as possible, drink a lot of water every day. I, I golf, you know, it's just nothing but activities and, and fitness and stuff. And I was sick and I was like, why am I sick? And these people that aren't working as hard as I am aren't sick. And I'd go to doctors and nobody would help me. They're just trying to give me band-aids and, and, you know, just BS solutions. And I truly cared about my health because I'm looking sick and my clients are looking at me like, should I trust this guy? He looks sick. What's going on? And so I was super frustrated with it. And, you know, when I met people like my partner, you know, they, they gave me legit diagnosis and they cared. And he's like, yeah, you know, we could give you steroids all you want and you could get better. But, you know, the, the real issue is health, diet, stuff like that. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I found a guy at one point when I spent probably 30K on medicine and cleaning my house and every solution I could possibly think of that wasn't working. This guy was like, I think you should try this, this diet, blah, blah. And after that, I tried it, it worked. And I'm like, wow, I feel, you know, I feel a little disrespected from most of these people that I, I saw that just try to get my money and, and give me a solution. And this guy took the time to listen to me for 10 seconds and found a solution for me that worked. And so, you know, I've gone through business and life things that have changed my perspective on things, but also health stuff, you know, and I took all those things. I'm not saying people come into my my place with health issues like I had, but I look at a health issue just the same as a golf issue, right? They're the same. And so I knew what it felt like to be depressed and desperate and wanting help so bad that I'll pay any dollar and do whatever I got to do. But nobody felt like they really cared no matter how much I paid. And I had one guy listen to me and care for 10 minutes and fix me. And so I, I took that opportunity and I expanded and, and spread the word on stuff like that. But also I looked at it to help me with golf, you know, and say, Hey, listen, golf, your game of golf is sick. You need a doctor to diagnose you the right way and give you the right prescription, the right game uh, solution. And then, and then we go from there. So yeah, I've experienced it many times and I'm not the, the person that would ever want to admit that I've been depressed, but I've gone through it. You know what I mean? Maybe not as severe as most, but I've gone through it and it sucks and you just feel alone and you don't know what to do. And, and that's where your support system comes in, you know? And so, yeah, I've gone through it. It sucks, man. Everybody goes through it. So, so yeah. kind of building off of that, you know, I know it's something we talked about a little bit off air, you know, with respect to people's privacy and whatnot, you know, I, I know you have competitive athletes and I know that they're going to be dealing with, with mental health issues. You know, do you see that frequently, you know, and how do you kind of help those guys? And do you have any specific examples you know, where, where people would be okay with you kind of sharing their story a little bit. Yeah. I mean, first off, listen, listen, somebody wants to, somebody wants somebody to talk to, right. You just want somebody to listen and hear you out and not waste your time. And so I'm a good listener. Um, I care. Uh, but at the same thing, yeah. I mean, great example, 
you know, not trying to name drop, but this guy's an awesome guy and he would be okay with me saying is Solomon Thomas on the Raiders. He's our client. His sister went through some mental stuff. Uh, she, she lost her life. And, uh, and then he, he, he went through some mental stuff because he lost a family member, you know, and that's, that's horrible. I, I would be crushed if I lost a family member. And you know what? He, he approached it like a professional and a good person and uh, he got through it and he figured out how to spread the word. But the things that got him through it was his support system and his goals, his dreams, you know, football, being healthy, performing at his best, you know, you know, being a hall of famer one day. These are those things that he didn't forget, right? Don't lose folks to what your goals and your dreams are, you know, and your support system are the people that should help you stay on track with your goals and your dreams. So, you know, I, I don't a hundred percent know exactly how he's done it, but I know that he has verbalized that we have helped him a lot and diagnosing him the right way and fixing him and making him feel and perform better. And with that being, he being said, he said that it has helped him mentally knowing that he's going to come to a place that these people are going to listen. They're going to give him the correct diagnosis and they're going to write the, the correct prescription to get him better, faster, stronger, and dominate. And so, you know, we all just want to be heard. We want somebody to take the time to listen, to hear what we have to say and bleed out our, you know, depression and our negative thoughts sometimes. And, you know, we all need a shoulder to cry on sometimes and a shoulder to lean on. And, you know, I, you know, I think that with what Solomon's gone through, I don't, I don't know if I could ever go through that. And I think that he's done an amazing job of getting through it and spreading the word and the love on how this can affect people. Um, and it's going to have a big impact on all sports. So I'm all about it. Anything I can do, if I ever see somebody down, I'm the first one to jump in and be like, what's up, man, let's talk, let's get through this. What can I do to help you? I love that, you know, and, you know, the, the reason I, I think a big, you know, reason we're doing this too, is to help kind of connect people, you know, to other people. I think that's a big thing with this podcast too. And we were talking about networking, you know, earlier, you know, Tim and I became close, you know, Tim was my trainer, you know, and we just connected, we became boys. And now I think it's awesome to be able to connect him to you and, you know, vice versa, just kind of continue to build that network continue to, to spread the awareness of mental health, you know, and, and you know, I, I love this, you know, I love the, having the opportunity to, to do this. And I, I think it has a chance to be really, really powerful and connect people all, you know, all over the country and all over the world to, to just to hear different stories and hear how things can work out, you know, with different paths, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't always have to be the same thing. It can be different ways. And, you know, I think, you know, I, I love, you know, you know, hearing stories like that, you know, you hate to see anyone suffer, but you love to see the light at the end of the tunnel, um, you know, with some of these stories. Yeah, I think networking, sometimes people get the misconception of networking is 100% related to business. And it's not. Net networking is life, right? If you want friends, if you want support, you want family, you want ride or dies, you network, you network yourself, right? And look at us, you know, We've done multiple podcasts together. I've met all of your boys. We're, we're together. Who knows? We, we could all be in business together for all we know, right? One day right. down the road, I mean, we got a, a, a trainer right here. I'm a hybrid. I train in the gym and I do golf. I crush it in the golf room, but I do what I got to do in the fitness uh, realm to, to increase revenue and to help people and all that. But I sell the most revenue when I'm doing golf lessons, right? So I do what I got to do to make ends meet, but I mean, for all I know, you could be my next trainer down in Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, right? <laughs> because 
we're talking about the same things here, right? Yeah. So when you network and you sit down and you talk and you relate to one another, you find similarities in each other's lives. And then you find out how we can all help each other grow, not just how Colin can grow, not just how you can grow, not just how I can grow. Let's all kill it together, right? That's what I love yeah, about Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, you know, Ricky Fowler. They're all boys and they're all killing it. They're all millionaires. They're all going to be in the golf hall of fame and they're, they love each other and they party and they have fun and they enjoy their success in life together. And that's what it's about, man. That's great to hear. Now, Colin, something that he just mentioned was uh, just the networking of people. One thing that we do want to do with this podcast is try to connect our listeners to uh, the people that we're interviewing. So uh, one important thing, I don't, I don't know if we're going to do a formal mentorship type program. Uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, maybe a live Q&A with you, we can maybe set up one time, you know, just some of the, the listeners can, can uh, ask you questions, maybe for a half hour or whatever it may be. Uh, but, but another thing too, and I, I think a, uh, like, where can we find you? Where can the listeners go to find you? Yeah, you can go on Instagram. That's kind of like my main thing that I do my marketing on. It's Empower Golf Performance, uh, EGP. It's like our little logo. It's like a crown. Um, we also have a medical side, Empower Medical Performance. But look at Empower Golf Performance. It shows you exactly what we do. Or you can go to EmpowerGolfPerformance.com. That's our website. It shows what we do. Um, but I love the Instagram. We show all uh, golf stuff, fitness stuff health stuff. I mean, we, we break it down. Um, but yeah, I highly encourage it. Anybody who's in the golf fitness, health, all that stuff, go check out empower golf performance. And if you want a little review of our business and get a little more in depth, go to empowergolfperformance.com. But if anybody out there is looking for golf tips or help or whatever, DM me, I respond to every DM. I, I reply to videos. People send me, I, I'm not looking for money. I love doing what I do and I love spreading the love and the passion for golf. So if you want me to help you and improve my worth, DM me, Empower Golf Performance. I will get back to you. Send me a video. Tell me what you're dealing with and I'll fix it. I love it. Colin, do you have any more questions? I, I don't want to take much more no. of your time here, Joe. I, I know it's uh it's getting late here on our end as well, yeah, but <laughs> Colin, no, no, I love it. This is great. This is, this is yeah. all awesome conversation. This is all needed stuff. You know, yeah. it's, it's great hearing a different perspective and our goal too, with this podcast, we want to get as many different people as we can. You know, we want anywhere from golf pros to financial advisors to, you know, people that, I don't know, you have a, have a restaurant. I don't know. We, we want to <laughs> deal with as many different people as we possibly can just to get different perspectives because we want to show all of our listeners out there that there are so many different avenues to creating an identity for yourself and establishing whether that's a business or you want to be a better father or a better husband, whatever that may be. You know, we, we just want to show as many different avenues as we possibly can uh, to our listeners. So Colin, any last questions that you want to ask? No, nor normally I, you know, it seems when I interview Joe, it's around a major that this year, or excuse me, the, this interview, there isn't. So I can't really ask him any gambling tips there. I know he's now in Vegas, so um, can't ask him that this time, but, you know, just want to, as always, you know, thank you, Joe, for, for coming on. You know, I, I always enjoy our interviews. This, this one's probably my favorite yet by far. Um, you know, you're the man and I can't wait to get back out there and see you again. Likewise, man, honestly, it, and that's what I love about my career is every client I get does something different. We got doctors, dentists, lawyers, professional athletes, all that, right? So 
I can provide some good content, some good, good people to talk on this and we can relate all these people to the same thing. You know what I mean? So let's keep it rolling. You know, I got everything you guys need. You let me know what you want. I love doing this, man. Let's, I, I think we should make this a, a normal thing for us and, and let's keep it going. We can talk golf, football, anything. I will bring these guys on. I promise you. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. We talked off air, you know, who our, our biggest thing is to grow this network. We want to grow the network of identity impact and, and grow the podcast. And, and like I said, just, just kind of have an establishment to where people have an outlet to talk and people have an outlet to share their story. So I know you mentioned uh, referring over Solomon Thomas, that would be such an awesome guy to get on the podcast. So uh, hopefully we could get that set up and, and, and have another perspective on this whole thing. Uh, last question, Joe, I want to ask you is what, if you could ask us any, any question, you know, do you have anything for, for me or Colin that you would ask? Hmm. First Colin, obviously, you know, how's the sleep going? <laughs> not, not getting much sleep, you know, uh, you know, I think my, my wife gets less than I do. Um, but, uh, so I get a little bit more than her, but yeah, not, not much sleep. Um, but it, it's worth it, man. I mean, there's, you know, there, there's nothing, nothing I would trade it for, you know, that's the, being a dad, at least for me has been, you know, the, the greatest blessing, you know, I could ever ask for. I love my, you know, little baby girl. And, you know, like, like I texted you, I, I can't wait to, to get her in there training with you and let, let's get her to, you know, let's get her on tour. <laughs> yeah. One thing I heard now, I don't know if this is true, Joe, but we, we do sports performance. Uh, that's my, my main job. That's my, my real nine to five. Uh, I wouldn't call it's more like a 7am to 9pm. But uh, <laughs> with that, what I was told with female athletes, 50% of golf scholarships go unused for female athletes. Did you ever hear a number like that? I, I don't remember what the exact statistic was, but I remember telling Colin specifically that female golf scholarship is scholarships are the easiest scholarships to get. It's right? insane. Yep. That's insane. My sister, so my sister-in-law, I'll, I'll have to connect you with my sister-in-law. She golfed at Youngstown state. Uh, she played on a, a smaller tour in Arizona. So she was a pro golfer for, for a significant amount of time, never made it. I actually do want to get her on the podcast as well. Cause there's a lot of, uh, time. Like I said, she was, she was on full ride at Youngstown state and, uh, she was so, she's so good at golf. Like I take her to all, all of our uh, scrambles and golf outings just so we could get that big time advantage. But uh, her name's Mia. I'm going to have to connect you with her because she's, she's someone I, I try to tell her all the time. She loves to be around golf. She, she's not pursuing it professionally anymore, but I tell her all the time, go start your own golf business. Like she would absolutely kill it. So I might have to get you. Yeah, tell her to call her. Seriously. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Joe, it was great having you on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Um, hopefully, you know, down the line, we'll get you on again. Uh, we'll share, uh, your Instagram, all your info, whenever we do the, the link to the podcast and everything, but thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate it. And, uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. You guys let me know when you want me back. Let me know if you need a job. Let me know if you want to come. <laughs> to the you. you got it, brother. Love all it, man. Right. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Tapping with identity impact. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Thanks to our guest, Joe Brown of Empower Golf Performance out in Las Vegas. Also, special thanks to our interns, Max and Zach. We'll see you guys next time on the Identity Impact Podcast. 
Make sure to like, rate, and subscribe, and refer to friends.